Hey everybody, welcome back to Beat, Rye, and Types, your favorite podcast about music, food, and programming. We're here with our special guest, Steve Berry, who has chosen a song called Sometimes Yo, by Hours. Yo, are you, are you okay, Aaron? Why? Sound, what's going sound on? a little sedated. <laughs> I've had a cold all week, and so I think I think I'm more congested than sedated. That sed- sedated is usually your vibe. Is that what you're saying? I'm stealing your I'm stealing no. your your, uh, your 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 bit. <laughs> I defy you. I defy you to out sedate me. <laughs> so what's how's it going, Steve? It's doing well, man. You guys, we're good. We're good. We're good. We we have Steve on the show for a variety of reasons. One, he's a very talented designer, and two, he helped us and is a partner now in this enterprise that we've launched this week called the Pizza Book, which Mike and I have been talking about for a very, very long time at this point. Steve was kind enough not only to help us out with it, but really become like a full partner in this. And it's been really, really fun working with him because like I said, not only is he super talented, but he's also just a fun guy to work with. And it's, it's been really, it's been, it's been, an, it's been an awesome thing. And I'm, I'm guessing that this is going to be the first of many projects that we end up doing together. But anyway, back to the beginning, yeah. we'll come back to the pizza yeah. book, back to the beginning. We got sidetracked Whoops. here. When do I talk um, about my song right now? He's going to ask yeah, me right, right now. Yeah. Talk, talk about your fucking song right now. <laughs> I was all like loaded up and then you guys are like, Oh yeah, we're going to talk about this other stuff. Steve, I forgot that say, say it the right way, Aaron, so that he has a chance to answer it the right way. <laughs> The song is called Sometimes, and the band is called Hours. And why did you choose that song, Steve? It, it's such a rip from uh, Radiohead. And when I heard it, it came up on, you know, uh, Discover Weekly on Spotify? Yeah, I love that. So I listened to a bunch of garbage music last week, and the, <laughs> the, the new Discovered Weekly came out, and it was terrible, except for this one song. And I could have sworn it was Radiohead. Looked it up. It's ours sometimes. Um, it's a super cool, chill beat, but I'm disappointed it's not from Radiohead. I, if I could characterize my brief uh, stint of working in an office with Steve where he had control over Sonos or whatever you call it, I would I would characterize it by an overabundance of Radiohead. So <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that you would uh, be... Oh, man, I like this song. I wish it was Radiohead. I've never... <laughs> It's never thought the same thought has never occurred to me, but that's cool. I'm I'm looking forward to checking it out. I haven't heard it yet. We're not. We don't actually hear. Oh, I don't want to break the fourth wall. Podcasting (laughs) secret. Interstitial music is. Oh, okay. Here's a good vocabulary quiz. Here's Aaron probably knows. You. Yep. What's the name? Uh What is? What do you call sound in a film? Oh, I know this. That does not originate. He knows. I knew you would know. What is it called? Yeah, non-diegetic. Yeah, non-diegetic sound. You didn't know that, Steve? Come on. Steve. No sound. Not, yeah, of course. It's on the top of my <laughs> list of stuff there's I remember. There's diegetic. There's diegetic sound and non-diegetic sound. So diegetic sound would be like if you're in a if they're in a club and a band is playing and you see the origin of the sound, then that's diegetic. But if mm-hmm. it, if it if the sound occurs outside of the frame then it's non-diegetic so there's like it's a differentiator between sound that originates within the film or does not originate within the film why do you know that because i studied Um, film 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 class yeah film it's like the film it's like the first thing you learn in film class the first thing you learn in the first film class 
And then you watch like a Martin Scorsese movie and he like breaks rules with diegetic and non-diegetic music because there'll be like a song playing in a bar and then they walk out and the song's still playing yeah. and it's like loud. Yeah, you know, like that's the, like classic, yeah. classic Scorsese yeah. move. Yeah. Tarantino likes playing with that too. Yeah. So you yeah. got to know the rules to break them, right? But anyway, that's actually a good segue because I actually don't know the answer to this, but... I know, Steve, you, you did a bunch of programming at 1.2. You've done a, some design, too. But, like, what was what was kind of your entry point into this world? Like, where did you actually go to design school or were you just kind of self-taught and figured this out? Uh, it started with my uh, mom's dad, uh, Walter Kanak. And he had a he worked at a machine shop and he had a garage that was a woodworking shop. And so when we were kids, of course, our parents would take us there and just unload us and be like, all right, well, you're with grandma and grandpa now. And uh, as you got older, uh, we started just sort of tinkering around with wood. And that really got my interest in crafting. And then I uh, got into photography, had a really good photography teacher in high school, Gabby Russomano. Uh, she was like, you should do this. But I found out I'm way better at Photoshop than I am at um, photography. So I would take mediocre photos and then just make them <laughs> awesome. But isn't that like, isn't that most of like photography, like modern commercial photography is like mostly that these days, isn't it? Now, I mean, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, I Although my like girlfriend, who's actually a better photographer than I am, razzes me all the time. because. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that got me into, uh, I went into art school, Savannah College of Art and Design, and uh, was a traditionally trained designer. But halfway through college, I was, you know, I was delivering pizza for money. And uh, a friend of mine was like, hey, I see you like dabble in web websites. And this is, you know, in the early 2000s. And when I came out of school, I had a very prim and proper, you know, portfolio. You know, I'm like, yes, here's like what I came out of art school with. And I had these like three little teeny, like little tiny websites for like these companies in Savannah, Georgia. And of course, I like show this really nice portfolio. And at the end, they're like, oh, my God, you do web stuff? Oh, you're hired. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no. And so uh, <laughs> and so that's what got me into the wild world of uh uh, digital design. That's really funny. Did you regret going into the web world or was it like, was it like a cool new thing and you got really excited about it all right away and like just dove in? Uh, as we find out in this book design, <laughs> creating and designing books is in, insanely fickle. Even in college, everyone knew that print was, was going out and it was either going to be very high end or very cheap and really nothing in the middle. And uh, the web was, you know, at, in, you know, what was it, 2003, when I was first in school, you know, it was an explosion of awesome stuff. It was just the Wild West. And that was just a lot more interesting. Um, because when you're dealing with, you know, print, you're, you're, there's so much history, uh, hundreds of years of print history that are always on top of your shoulders when designing. Web for me, and being that, you know, younger dude, it was like, dude, no one knows what's going on here. Like, just get at it. And things were changing so fast that that, that really sort of piqued my interest. Yeah, I remember I, I do remember those like good old days when like you could just make something cool and people would be like, oh, awesome. Yeah. So, Steve, I'm interested in what I, I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about what, what got you excited about and interested in the pizza book and why you kind of what, what what made it something that made you want to get involved with it, you know, because I think it's safe to say that 
You have been uh, like swept up in our burgeoning media empire, so to speak. <laughs> I think that's kind of like a predicate upon which this conversation rests. But no, in all seriousness, uh, you know, you're you're a very talented and in demand kind of designer, and probably has a choice of uh, projects to get involved in. Most of which, presumably, like pay dollars uh, <laughs> for your time. So, uh, what what made this what made this an enticing uh, opportunity for you? Um, I'm actually trying to find the email that you sent to me because I think that would be, <laughs> it's a good setup. But it was like, hey, dude, like we're making a book about pizza. Like if you know anybody, <laughs> like like we can't pay a full rate. We know that and this. And I was just like, dude, I want to work on a pizza book with you guys. <laughs> but it was such like a long, like, you know, kind of, well, we'll just shuffle back in the back door here and see. And I don't know if, if you were, your intention was to rope me in or just to get a good connection. And then you did it again because you were like, hey, like we love your involvement, but like we'll, we'll find someone to actually design the book. And then I was like, no, you're gonna fight me because uh, I'm a better typographer than they are. So get out of here. I was not. I was not being coy. I was just <laughs> trying to. I was trying to respect. I was trying to respect your professionalism. I'm. I'm very. I'm sensitive to creative professionals, uh, you know, boundaries in that regard. But which is something no, we've talked it, about before too. Like you know. The, the fuck you pay me scenario, yeah, basically. Right, exactly. Fuck you pay me dot com. Don't don't visit that. I haven't actually. Visited <laughs> that. I can't, can't imagine that that's going to actually be anything close to what I was intending for that to express. But anyway, I mean, I think that there's, you know, I can see that it's an interesting opportunity. Designing a book is probably fun. Is it from this? Is it the from scratchness of it? I mean, you know, like we we like to talk about. It's fun to get when we get people like you who are creative professionals on the show. We like to dig into like their thought process and what what makes them tick a little bit. And what I'm curious, like, what is it about this kind of thing? Like, you know, because you could have easily said, yeah, whatever, get a print designer. Like, it's kind of mechanical at that point. But you wanted to kind of have uh, control over that. So I'm curious as to what, what was the driver there. When you work in, I mean, there's a lot of money in web applications and there's all these patterns and heuristics. And essentially, once you get a, a visual style, then you just kind of stamp out these patterns and you do the client consultant dance together and, and then you have an, another web app. You know, working with you guys, I know MRB, I know you uh, more closely than I know Aaron. Your very particular food tastes and your and how you form opinions and, and sort of express yourself. <laughs> you know, I listened to you and AQ talk in the podcast. That's sort of rapport and and just good good old-fashioned conversation and like like verbal sparring where it's not like malicious, it's just like fun. I was like, I can I know I can grab that and like and make a really good book with that. And uh, with a little steering and some awesome design, and uh, I really want to be a part of that. And making a, a print book, that's also really fun if you don't have to do them all the time. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so that sort of was, that was it. And actually, um, yeah, I, I, I pulled up your email. <laughs> and uh, you, you said, like, uh, you said it might be interesting in doing some, quote, awesome, fun work for cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I, I, I quoted you saying that. <laughs> You okay. said, I think you said I'm always down to do some awesome fun work 
for chief or whatever, but yeah. Um, and my response was, fuck yeah, exclamation point. Yeah, um, <laughs> nice. But yeah, I mean, nice. coming out of school, I, one of the things they always talk about it is do it for the work or do it for the money. And anytime you start sort of conflating those, that's when you run into problems. Either the product's not good enough or someone's not happy. And and so you kind of need to pick one of those. And, and in, in my career, that served me really well. And this was an opportunity. I had a vacancy of we're going to make this awesome. It's hard to find them. And this is like the perfect timing. You know, it's an, another thing that's in, that I think is good to talk about is that like I had a conversation with a friend the other day that was kind of one of those like th- this person found out I was like a quote unquote startup guy or like a tech guy or whatever. They wanted to like get my opinion about something. Turned out to be kind of an interesting thing. But anyway, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I, yada, yada. I have kind of like I have a design background. I, ha- I went to I, I went to Parsons for whatever and blah, blah, blah. And then he kind of assumed that that meant that I was like a actual like a designer, like a visual designer or whatever, like a print or web designer or whatever. And I was like, no, I'm more like a. idea designer or whatever, you know, and and, and so point of that story being that that's not a line that's very clear for most people. Like most people don't really know that the process of design extends beyond the medium that the design is expressed in. Right. And that, in fact, a large part of if not maybe arguably a majority of the work happens in in like that stage that's or that area that's not actually like shuffling shit around visually or sonically or whatever it is. I'm curious about you. Like, did you always know, like, when did you realize that as a practitioner, as a practitioner of this like kind of thing, like making visual art, like, or making visual designs or art or whatever it is, like, you're like, oh man, there's like, you got to learn shit to do this. You know, you can't just like make it look pretty. Like it's not that there's rules, but there's like idea, there's interesting ideas. And like you intimated before, there's like a history to contend with. So yeah, that's a beats ride type style, like total non No, man. <laughs> I, what's, what's your response oh, to that? Oh man, I got you here. It's funny. It's like an interviewing tactic that I've heard when you're interviewing someone for a job. If their core job is no longer their core concern, then you know that they might be a, a, a a step above that, right? Like when a programmer is not sitting there talking about like, oh, is it this line or that line? But they're talking about the sort of the organic sh- overall structure of it. Then you know you have someone that that is thinking at the higher level. And from a design standpoint, like, man, design is so subjective. And that is the worst place to be in. And when I was right out of school at my first jobs, I mean, it's a, it's a bigger dick uh, contest. You are the client. The client pays you, thereby they have the bigger dick. And you always lose. And that is really hard to do year after year after year. And so um, after my first year and a half, I was like, there's got to be a better way than just like arguing over these very subjective things. It actually was usability testing. And I got really into that because there you you essentially set up, hey, we're going to do this test and we're going to ask all these other people that aren't us or, you know, the people involved in the project, you know, what they choose. Is it this one or that one? It's very binary. And that's sort of giving you uh, if you have enough people, statistical significance to say that, yes, like this is statistically significant, significantly better than this other design. That sort of uh, the light bulb went above my head and I was like, whoa, OK, like this is how you get 
out of subjectivity and into objectivity in design. And that's really powerful. And so uh, that got me, that sort of really encouraged me to move even farther and deeper into user experience design, which is essentially a designer getting into uh, design decision making, uh, which happens a lot of times before the visual design. It's funny, they, uh, there's an old saying is um, interface should reflect the tasks you ask of the user. And so if a business uh, or a product or a project has made a bunch of bad decisions, then sometimes the interface or how it's gonna look, the visual solution is gonna look terrible. And it's beca- and it's not because the designer's bad or, or anything like that. It's because there's been other decisions way down the line that have been made that have sort of cornered you. And so my whole like first five years of, of being a professional designer was how do I get out of that corner? And uh, it's so funny, you can see it in younger designers and even some older designers still, where they're in that corner still and you feel so bad because they're fighting with pixels. They're like punching pixels. And you're like, no, 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 that's that's the wrong problem. Like there's a, there's a whole another problem and it's people and you have to figure out how to have a good conversation, connect and, and use that social you know, uh, currency to maneuver. And that's when real good design happens. And, um, you know, with uh, you, uh, AQ and MRB, I knew I I had a little social currency with you guys. Uh, You guys have great karma. And I knew that there was a solution in there that where we could be like, yes, this is something we're all proud of and uh, and having a good time with, which is, is also really important. There's a lot of good nuggets in that bit that you just had, but there, there's like, it just made me think about the fact that like between the objective and subjective side, it's funny because from the programmer side, something that we end up talking about a lot and thinking about as programmers, we're, we're used to being seen as a, a very objective world. Like people assume that, oh, you write code, it works, it's done, ship it, right? And that's how a lot of people actually do work but there's a huge movement trying to add subjectivity to the to the world of being a programmer by like oh there's such a thing as beautiful code there's such a thing as like fully you know formed and subjectively good and objectively good code and so that it's funny because from a design side it's like you're you're moving in the opposite direction. You're like, oh, I'm I'm making something that inherently is a subjective thing, and I'm trying to like add some objectivity through it through data and science and whatever and testing and things like that. Somewhere in the middle is good design and good programming. Probably is the answer, right? I never even thought about that other side there, uh, Aaron. Yeah, I I'm uh, that's a yeah something that's a very interesting juxtaposition. <laughs> yeah, right. It it is really funny because. You know, actually, uh, a day or two ago, I was like working with some Google stuff, and I was like looking at their material design, um, like documentation. Google put out this whole thing about their new design approach last year um, around their what they call material design. Yeah, this is like how we make shit. Here's the thing. Here's the here's the parts bins. Yeah, and it's fascinating. It's like beautifully written and like a very, I would say, like a very will be a very influential document if it's not already, but. At the same time, it's a, it's the same kind of idea. They're like, we've done research and we know like this is like we're trying to add f- the physical qualities to this to this uh, digital to these digital goods and digi- this digital world. But at the same time, it is just like when people when they launched like a bunch of this new stuff, people were just like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> like it was completely subjective. It was regardless of whether or not like they put all this time and research into it. People were like, this new Google logo sucks. This you know, it's stupid, whatever. And it's like it always comes down to the fact that as a designer, you're like really just 
you know, you're trying to please someone, right? And that's like a, a really, really difficult thing to do. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's interesting too, because there's like the human side, then there's the product, and then there the human side of the creation of the product, then the product, and then the human side of the impact of the product. And the, that's another like thing that people don't really think about that I like to like, when people want like a capsule description of what design is, uh, you know, let's say you're like sitting at, if you're like at a bar or at dinner with someone and they find out that like you've done design work or you, whatever, someone tells them that you're a designer or whatever. They're like, what is like, what is that all about? Or whatever. <laughs> I'm always like, well, like go walk in, go, go like walk to the bathroom, wash your hands and come back and consider the fact that like, everything that you see in between there here and there is like a decision that someone made when they put this place together that like where the fucking dispensers are hung and like every dumb little thing <laughs> like no shit doesn't build itself right and so like that's the essence of that's the essence of design it's like this all this like un, unseen all this unseen stuff that goes into creating things that you're kind of like using and impact you and you impact in this, in this interesting way. It's the stuff you don't see. I think to piggyback on that there. Yeah. It's it, the best design is invisible. And I think there was this uh, awesome article about like the doorknob being the best design ever in the history of all things. And just because of how resilient it is. And, uh, you know, everyone understands what that, you know, that there's, it was a lever. And so, you know, you can just push down the lever and the door opens up. My daughter um, is learning about yeah, simple really machines at school. Oh, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> so she came home and she was like, show me a lever, show me a pulley, <laughs> show me an inclined plane. She's like, I use an inclined plane at the playground because a slide is an inclined <laughs> plane. And I was like, that's true. Cause they were studying, they're t studying about playgrounds. So they were learning about simple machines. So it's fun to see her kind of like start to see the pieces of things like, how bigger things are comprised of these components or whatever. And like recognizing, recognizing patterns. It's cool. One thing I was thinking about with, with what you were saying before too, Steve, with like the making bad decisions to, to the point where you like, you get to like this bad place and in, in a web app or whatever, and all those bad decisions leading up to bad design. I guess one nice thing about a book is like, you never have to really worry about that because you just like design it and you make it perfect and then you ship it. And you don't have to like worry about the fact of someone being like, oh, we got to add this feature and this feature and this fucking widget. Uh, no, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you sweat bullets by the time when you send it to the printer and then you get the first copy, you're just waiting for the shoe to drop because someone forgot something or something misspelled something. I was working with this company uh, like early in my career, and I'm a notoriously bad speller. And so, and everyone knew it. So is Aaron. Yeah, I, I'm actually <laughs> famously a bad speller. Like the entire team at Paperless Post like would make fun of me constantly because of my spelling mistakes still to this day. So, But we were trying to make a, um, the company was Healthy Humans, and they were trying to help people with diabetes around sort of holistic treatments. And when you sign up for the program, we printed out this really nice packet um, that had all this information and sort of talking about fish oil and multivitamins and exercise, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I designed it all. It was really nice. Of course, I, I handed it to Maria, who was our admin at the time. She was great, very diligent, working through it. She's like, okay, it looks good. Bring it to the CEO. He's looking through it because I think it was going to be like a $30,000 print run or something. And uh, he looks through it, good to go. Like, And I, we also had a paper this time where people had to sign because like, I got in trouble before with smaller print jobs. 
It prints it on the bottom. It said uh, healthy hymens, like and every, on the bottom of every page. <laughs> oh, and and the client came. They knew me, and they were like, "Barry, this, this you know how much this costs us?" Blah 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 blah. Oh, and I was man. like, I showed them the piece of paper. I was like, "Look, all these other people signed off, so not my fault." <laughs> so uh, what was? Uh with respect to the pizza book, we kind of went through a discovery design process with you to get down like the basic visual identity of the book. You designed a logo for the book and all, you know, obviously the whole look around uh, how things are laid out and the font choices and all that kind of stuff. So what did you learn and enjoy? Like what, what, what was your favorite part of that process? Like I, I really, I, I had a lot of fun participating in that because it was like, send Steve like all of these like visual inspirations and like, you know, go through and like send him pictures of pizza and he'll like cut them out and make <laughs> nice things that you can generate endless web properties out of. Um, but, uh, talk, talk a little bit about the, talk a little bit about your experience in, uh, gathering, uh, intelligence for creating the look of the, the pizza book that we're Distributing on sale, on pre-order now on kickstarter.com. <laughs> Go to beatsridetypes.com forward slash pizza and please pre-order a copy of the book. But tell us a little bit about that, Steve. Um, they should definitely pre-order the book. Yeah, there's a, it's, it started with the beginning part is always fun. There's this famous exercise, I think it was by IDEO from back in the day, and they had this deck of cards that had pictures of chairs on it. So like one would be this Victorian chair and another one would be this like very modern looking chair and... There was like uh, 12 pictures of chairs on 12 different cards, and they had uh, adjectives on other cards. And so they, the client would have to match, being like, this, this chair looks modern, this chair looks this. Um, and it was a way to understand sort of the visual language, like what did they internalize and how do they describe things? And so uh, that's way too formal of a process for something like this. So I gave you guys homework assignments uh, of like find cool cookbooks and visual inspiration and uh, even take pictures of your kitchen. And since I know both of you guys are, are big foodies, the kitchen is, you know, if, if you cook all the time, like your kitchen becomes a, a very particular place in your house. And uh, Aaron, uh, he went uh, <laughs> crazy with all his photos, which was awesome. But um, it, the storytelling is what's really cool there. Like I had uh, you guys walk through like, why did you pick this and why did you pick that? Hearing all that is really fun and gives me uh, a good platform to stand on to help make design decisions as we move forward. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it was um, really fun. I, I really enjoyed showing off all the all of my favorite cookbooks that are now like, yeah, completely brutalized and missing covers and all that stuff because I've used them so much. Like that's like one of the things that I'm so looking forward to with making this was just like having something that can sit on that shelf and be sit alongside like basically who, these people and books that I consider like my heroes and my like Bibles, you know, like in the programming world, sure, I have some like, you know, people that I look up to and some um, role models, but like most of my heroes are like writers, musicians, and cooks, basically. And so it, it's cool to like, whether or not we're like kind of, you know, brute forcing ourselves into that world like it's still something i'm fr i'm pretty stoked about I, I found this a really awesome challenge because you guys you know you mentioned you want this to be approachable but like something substantial but not to like cookbook wanky like where it's like oh this is like a pillar of like you know pizza it should be something that's very approachable and i think that uh to go a little bit into the font choice uh i think for a beginning of the project type the choice of typography is really really important uh one it sets the grid for 
the layout of the design. Um, but also, there can be a really good story. You just have to look and read and learn about the typographers. Uh, this one, uh, Rongel, that we chose for the body copy is essentially someone found, dug up this old uh, bunch of printed material and they identified this font that they uh, have never digitized before. But instead of just taking it and like sort of copying it and digitizing it just like matter of factly, they were like, well, let's take, like this has some very old typographic styles that are no longer in use. So let's update them a little bit, you know, just sort of use it as a point of inspiration. And I thought that that was a great parallel to what we're trying to do with the pizza book here. Like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of tradition and there's, you know, tons of opinions about pizza that are very well formed. But we're taking, you know, sort of a little bit from here, a little bit from there and adding our own sort of narrative. And I thought that font choice uh, really fit really nicely. And that always, for me, gets my design juices going. I love explaining that to other people as well and, and to see, you know, sort of what their reaction is. I do want to ask you guys, like, I actually want to flip the tables, like, and ask you guys a bunch of questions about the piece of book that, that I have yet still. Where I'm, an, I'm an open book. <laughs> Aaron, not so much. He's a little cagey, but I'm an open book. <laughs> well, we're still in the, you know, we're, we we're, we designed a bunch of things for the Kickstarter to get us going. We, we needed a visual style and a theme, but there's still, uh, you know, a good part of the book here that needs to be uh, finished. And so for me, I wanted to know, like, well, one, like, you, you know, how was the beginning exploration? Because what, what really attracted you to some of the designs? One. Two, what's missing? I guess that's that's like let's, let's just start with the first thing. Like, how did you guys like the beginning part of the the like you know the mood boarding and that kind of stuff? I really loved it. I mean, it was. I mean, one for one thing, it was like the first like real. Well, it was one of the first like real things we did with like an outside person. Um, you know, we did we had done the photo shoot already, so that kind of counts for that. But it started to become real as like a book because we were making decisions about that. So that was super cool, just in and of its own. And the fact that uh, Aaron and I could heavily influence the style of it was exciting and, you know, being able to kind of guide that through and express that through like stuff that we like was, I think, a really useful and fun way of doing it. And we kind of dug up some really interesting stuff there. So that's what that's what attracted me. I mean, I also really, you know, I knew that I knew that this cookbook was going to have a lot of like repetitive elements so that we needed a kind of like system for organizing things. So I was really interested in like how you were going to like lay out a recipe, right? Like what, what, what that was going to look like so that I could start to visualize like what the book will look like. Cause it's going to have a section that's a bunch of these recipes and like, what's the how's the photography going to look and what are the interstitial pages going to look like and <laughs> and all this kind of stuff because like Aaron said you know we he and I we both love cookbooks and books and design in general so I think what attracted me most was a system for organizing all this information that we knew we had uh and we knew we wanted to create and that like having that system for me I like working in a cycle where it's like produce some work do some design and extract a structure. And then once that structure is there, it just becomes like kind of filling that in. Right. Um, so now that we know like how we're going to lay out recipes, I mean, we have dozens of recipes. We just basically have to like, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, like, you know, we've already done the writing. We basically just have to do the typing. That's how I think about it, at least with most of the recipes. I mean, I think that there's some technical information that we want to really get right and once and once the Kickstarter campaign is funded, we'll be able to like 
get some technical copy editing, like, you know, make sure that we have the, you know, we'll have, we have the time to run it by experts. Uh, hopefully we'll get some attention outside of like our little bubble and be able to use that to bring it to people. And I fantasize about like, you know, like, Hey, Harold McGee, like vet this, make sure that this like (laughs) makes sense, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. What about you, AQ? Um, yeah, I, I was, for me, it was really fun because before my last job, I was, I was doing consulting for a while. And before that, I worked at this agency where I was like the only, for a long time, I was the only developer surrounded by designers. And I didn't realize how much like I missed that energy of like working with a designer on like a completely new project that was like from scratch, like at paperless, like we did a bunch of design obviously and I worked really closely with designers but it was a lot of it was like oh we we have this brand and we're just like you know kind of designing off this brand and designing new things off you know off of an existing thing but this was like the first time in a long time where I was like okay well we're just we're just starting from like you know ideas and turning it into something and that was that was it's it was really fun but also super rewarding for me because I feel like I have decent design taste in general, but also after working with designers for a long time, um, and I can talk about it, but personally, it's hard for me to like necessarily get that, turn that into something truly beautiful, but it was cool watching these like little ideas and little inspirations turn into something that, that it's like, not only am I super proud of, but it's just like objectively beautiful (laughs) To, to, to bring it back around. Like it's actually like, I mean, I'm sure like, you know, maybe there's some, you know, uh, people who just just don't like pizza and think those photos are not good and think like the layout and the logo isn't good. But other than that, I think I feel like it's kind of hard to hate on it. It's pretty it's pretty objectively awesome. It's really exciting. I'm, I'm excited to see to see how far we can push this because it's 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 going to be awesome. Like Mike said, to like fill in the recipes and really like uh, polish this, you know, this idea that we have in this initial, like basically rough draft of it. For me, the, the, probably the most exciting thing about this whole thing is just like, it's something that Mike and I have talked about for a long time, but at the same time, like for a lot of people who are friends who are mainly in like the world of tech doing something like this seems so like weird you know, like we're, oh, we're, you're writing a fucking book about pizza. Yeah, whatever. You know, like that's kind of the reaction I got initially. And then when I'm like, no, seriously, that's what we're doing. Uh, people are like, oh, okay, cool. You know, they're totally, <laughs> they're totally into it, but it's just, it's just, you know, it's kind of weird, but I, that's kind of who we are. And it's really awesome to have, you know, been like, Hey, here's who we are. We are these goofy guys and uh, who are like really working hard to make something awesome that has nothing to do with what people consider our areas of expertise necessarily, um, but we're going to do it. And it, and it's been really cool in like three days to, to or less than three days, like basically 48 hours, a little more than 48 hours raise like almost $10,000 on Kickstarter, which has just been amazing. How many awesome, basically awesome friends we have who are like willing to support us to do whatever we want. It really makes me want to do something even crazier and get people to support us doing yeah, that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to do this and, uh, get it out there so that people know that, I mean, 
people know that, you know, we're serious when we're saying we're, we're going to be, be, do this kind of shit, but also to be, it is cool to help to inspire other people to do, turn their side project into like a thing, uh, and make it real, like, and making a thing that you can hold is a really satisfying thing. This is much bigger and went much further than I ever thought it would go when in the original idea yeah. of, of it, you know, the original idea of it was basically like a PDF that I was going to like sell for $9 or whatever and just be, make like a thing, you know, but this is turned into like, I think the benchmark was that like when Steve said like, oh yeah, okay, I want to be involved. Like I want to be a partner in this project. Then I was like, okay, this thing is, this is real. Like this is going to be real and it's going to exist and it's going to be awesome because you don't know that you'll successfully be able to communicate uh, like your passion and your enthusiasm for, for a certain subject or, or something, right? Like that's, that's something that I feel, I feel really blessed to have that uh, as like a gift. Like people tell me that all the time, like that, that's like a thing that I'm good at. Like, but yeah, like if I'm excited about something like you, you really know that I'm excited about it and why and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And like to, to the point where it's annoying. Uh, and Steve, you asked really good questions about the book. Like, why are you doing this? Why, why pizza? What does pizza mean? We had done some like cursory ex exploration into that idea before you asked it, but being asked, it was really a concrete thing. It was really like, yeah, well for me, like I love making it for like the reaction that I get when I make it and the feeling that I get when I make it and the camaraderie that it creates amongst the people that you serve it to and all that kind of stuff. That's like the, that's what's so great about it. You know, like I remember each, uh, time that I made each, each pizza that I've made for someone, like I, you know, I remember like so many of those memories are, are tied to that. So it's like a, it's kind of a cool, mental index of awesome memories in my head that are like indexed by when did I make <laughs> this time that I made pies like in my backyard. And like when I was thinking of like contacting people uh, to like email them about the Kickstarter, I was like, man, I've made pies for like so many of these people that I want to email. <laughs> you know, I just want to email them and be like, yeah, remember that time that like yada, 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 like I was preparing for this, like, you know, tell your friends and buy this book so that like we can make this a real thing. So yeah, go to beatsridetypes.com forward slash pizza and contribute <laughs> today to our Kickstarter campaign. If you're listening to this in the future and this is a long since funded Kickstarter project that and a best selling uh, internet phenomenon <laughs> and you're trying to get in on it after the fact, I'm sorry. I'm sure the book is probably still in print. If it's not, Email Aaron at uh, Aaron at BeatsRightTypes.com and tell him that he's leaving money on the table by not having the book in print. It's the year 2038. And Magnus is listening to the archive. Pod of podcasts are the number one form of communication. <laughs> humans are actually podca podcasts are humans in audio form. You don't talk to people. You just listen to them. All our, all our kids are like... Uh, you know, treating podcasts like vinyl records. They're like, did, did, <laughs> yo, did you hear that podcast from 2015? Oh my God. Yeah. Any other, uh, anything else you wanted to talk about, Steve, with respect to the pizza book or, or not? Uh, were you guys nervous when I wanted to get involved? Like, uh, I have a very particular sort of aesthetic and design, like railroad track of like, okay, here's like the design thing. 
Um, like, was that like, was there risks that you guys talked about internally? Um, we talked about the idea that we were going to have to get more serious, which I don't <laughs> think was like a bad thing. I think we were both like, yeah, you know, we've been telling everyone about this. We did spend, you know, a bunch of money and had a really good time doing this photo shoot. So we should probably, you know, figure this out and like hire a real designer and find someone who's as into it as we are. So for sure, like there was like a talk like, oh, yeah, we're going to have to like actually do this. <laughs> like there was, up until up until I think we brought you in, there was like kind of this like still kind of this funny thing. It was like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. But at the same time, no one was actually like, we didn't have any, you know, there's no one really like relying on us to do this. It was just like, okay, well, we've talked about this. We're going to do it. And I'm happy that that happened because it, we kind of needed that. And look where, look where it's gotten us now. So like, we're actually doing this. And yeah, I mean, I, I got, I wasn't, I don't get nervous that much, but I, I think I was like, I, I felt Aaron, like Aaron, like, okay, like, damn, another human is involved. Like we have to make this good. Like, you know, I don't, I don't like by default make things good. Like I'm very much like a good enough kind of person <laughs> most of the time. So I was like, all right, shit. Now this has to be like good. And Steve's designs are going to be good. So our writing has to be really good. And it's awesome for me. I'm super stoked about it. Like I love, I work very well. Kickstarter fits my um, my mental model for creativity, which is somewhat deadline oriented. Like when I was a musician, we would always orient like finishing songs around a show that we had coming up or like around a record recording, like rec book the uh, studio before the album is done being written. And you'll, you know, for sure you'll finish writing the album in time, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. So Kickstarter was good for me because I think, We'll get it funded and then the clock starts ticking. We have all these dollars that belong that, you know, we need to convert dollars into books and then back into dollars, I guess. Um, so uh, dollar, dollar bill, <laughs> so then um, I'm stoked about that writing. We have a lot of writing to do. I'm going to be a some I'm going to be a semi professional writer for for very few, very few writing hundred air. That's one of the most exciting. But an excuse to write all the time is a great is is really exciting for me. I'm I, I, I'm excited for the second iteration. Not like uh, like so right now we need to sort of come to the conclusion of the first iteration of like all the content, all the designs, and then having all three of us evaluate that and then sort of build on top of that and iterate on that and and tell the story even better. Like that's going to be so exciting because that's when it's going to be like yeah, because we're already on the right we're already on the right path. But I think at, at that point like we'll actually see sort of the fruits of of what we've done so far and have the ability to make it even better. And I think that's one, I mean, that'll be exciting. It'll be exciting to, to le maybe leak some of that out to, to our backers and, and uh, you know, get them excited as well. Uh, so they can, you know, they can feel that sort of, you know, that design excitement that um, AQ was talking about. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be really cool to see it come together. Like even just the little bits that we've gotten our done already um, has felt really, I don't know, like, my whole thing is like, and I, you know, the, one of the reasons why I'm excited to work with both of you is we're kind of all in the same boat of just like wanting to create things and create things that other people enjoy and that, you know, we, we feel passionate about, like Mike was saying. And so this idea that we had this idea, we, we want to put it together. We, we got the right people involved and we're going to do it and it's going to be awesome. And it's, and it's for this 
somewhat humble and simple thing that's like a pizza pie, you know, that people are going to actually make and like send us pictures, which has already happened with beta testers and stuff like that, of pizzas that they made, you know, like that's going to, that's like the moment that I'm waiting for is like when everyone, you know, sends us their like shitty iPhone pizza pics of their awesome pizzas, you know, that's going to be And they're super, and they're super stoked friends and family. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Experience, experience these feels for yourself. By pre-ordering our book oh. at beatsbrytypes.com <laughs> forward slash pizza. Thanks, everybody, for listening to uh, this episode. We're excited. We've been, you know, a little flaky over the past couple of weeks. We were, like, working on f- fixing audio issues. Check out. There's an awesome article about our uh, audio issues on The Onion, um, <laughs> which we'll put in the show notes. We're just really excited for this book, so I hope everyone can contribute we look forward to talking to everyone soon. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for coming on our uh, podcast, Steve. Thanks for having me. And I can't wait to make this freaking book, man. It's going to be dope. You're all going to ha- have a copy of it in your hands. So, yes, we. you know what we can do now when we have callers in on the radio? I was thinking about this the other day because, you know, on like old school, like old school radio stations, they have like sayings. So we can say when we have a caller on that calls in, we, we get done with the call. So we say, all right, so what's your favorite podcast about music, <laughs> food, and programming? And they have to say, Beats Ryan Times! <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, oh, that's you know what, what you're mean? going for. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, what's the only station that brings you R&B in the greater <laughs> San Antonio area on Tuesday evenings between 6.30 and 8.01 p.m.? <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs>